Hi, I'm Leslie Parmeter from Climate Performance Partners, and I welcome you to the Climate Connect podcast, where we share valuable insights and business of optometry advice from independent optometrist owners and staff members to help eye care practices address challenges, achieve their goals, and transform their practice. In today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Joshua Woodland and Dr. Corey Kelly, business partners at the Woodland Eye Clinics in Dyersville, El Cater, and West Union in Iowa. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you. Here at Climate Performance Partners, we love key performance indicator data because it tells the story of how an eye care practice is doing. And we wanted to sit down with the two of you today to talk about the importance of benchmarking and share how to implement a benchmarking system across an eye care practice team effectively. Now, you've both expanded benchmark tracking last year across your three locations, and we just want to hear from you on how that's going and what you've learned along the way. So I'm gonna start by asking you, Dr. Woodland, how did you first engage with Kleinman benchmarks and how did your process of utilizing them evolve? So it was a bit of a process as any Kleinman member knows, the old metric spreadsheet is pretty all encompassing and a little intimidating at first. So we took it slow. I'm a numbers guy. I've always kept track of our practice metrics even before joining Kleinman, but you know, in a different way. And it took me probably about a year to really feel comfortable with the numbers and have them to really, you know, as they say, numbers talk to you eventually. And it took probably, like I said, about a year for us to get used to it. And how about you, Dr. Kelly? He was already doing climbing numbers when I joined the practice. So thankfully, he is the numbers guy. So he really churns them out and then we kind of analyze them together. I see. So what key benchmarks do you track and how often do you report on those numbers? So for sharing with staff, we look at six key metrics. Some of them are climbing numbers and some of them are inspired from climbing. But uh, we look at revenue per patient, revenue per OD hour, revenue per eyewear sold, contact lens revenue per contact lens exam, patient accounts receivable, and then growth over the same period as last year. And so we look at the key metrics, those six key metrics on a weekly basis. We have our site leads pull those numbers and they write those numbers down on a big whiteboard in our staff common area so that they know where they stand for the week. And then we look at the whole climbing spreadsheet once a month with the team leads. So the the associate doctors, Dr. Kelly, myself, and then our operations director do a deep dive into the numbers every month. And then once a quarter, I report those numbers to climbing. It's great that you're tracking the numbers on such a frequent basis. Now, please share with us what you feel are best practices when introducing your team to benchmark reporting, because I'm assuming that you didn't have your team involved from the very beginning when you first started benchmarking, or did you? We didn't because I was still trying to learn the language of those metrics, and I didn't want to share something with the staff that I didn't fully understand myself. So it took some time. That certainly makes sense. But the way I developed the six key metrics that we do share with our staff was I looked at two years worth of historical data and I said, what are my six best months out of those two years? And then I look for commonalities in the metrics. And what I saw was whenever we had a really good month, our revenue per patient was this amount, our revenue per OD hours, this amount, 
eyewear was this certain number. And I took all those numbers and I said, okay, these are going to be our goals. And I want to exceed those goals. And then we put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and said, if you meet these goals, you earn some money towards that. Well, that certainly answers a question I had for you regarding if you had established any incentive programs to achieve goals for your staff. How did they react to being involved in benchmarking and having to hit certain goals? I mean, was there any resistance or were they excited? What happened, Dr. Kelly? Tell us. So they were excited about it, but they didn't originally know how to track it themselves. So at the end of the month, he would review the numbers and then assign the bonuses, basically whether they met or didn't meet. But sometimes they would get surprised by the fact that they didn't always meet the metrics. They would feel like they should have met them. And then maybe they didn't always meet them. So, you know, sometimes when you're expecting something that doesn't pan out, there's some disappointment there. Sure. So probably about maybe six months ago, mm-hmm. we started to teach the site leads how to deep dive some of those metrics themselves. And then that's when we went to weekly reporting so that they could actually see them more in real time. And then now they have a little bit better accountability for why they might meet a goal or not meet a goal They can change behaviors a little bit faster during the month that way. So I think that's helped quite a bit. That's great that you found a way to make it easier on your staff to track the numbers and not be surprised so much by the outcome. And so do you feel like changing the reporting to a weekly basis was the game changer for you and your team? Yeah. Yeah. And teaching them how those numbers come about and how to track them themselves rather than, you know, them sending him an email at the end of the month going, we felt really busy. Why didn't we meet this one? Well, now they can see it as it's happening a little bit more closely. Right. Because we all know that a person's perception of a situation can be quite different from reality. Was there any resistance surrounding the whole process of establishing accountability around the benchmark numbers or were the incentives for hitting goals enough to get the whole team on board with all of this? I would say not as much resistance, just more of developing an understanding as to why they met or didn't meet a certain metric. Mm -hmm. Um, As Corey was saying, well, we had a really busy month, but we only got a $100 bonus instead of a $200 bonus. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, as you can see, you know, our revenue per patient was really good, but our accounts receivable was extremely high. So you didn't meet that metric. And so we worked really, really hard to help them interpret the data and change the behavior based on that data. One of the reasons why I chose these metrics along with the data talking to me was I wanted to try to point out every part of the business. So our accounts receivable is, you know, are we collecting co-payments? Are we collecting payments in full? Are we getting our statements out every month? our revenue for contact lenses? Are we selling those year supplies? Are we having the opportunity to discuss daily lenses versus monthly lenses? You know, of course, the eyewear is the optical. So we're trying to touch every part of the practice. So everybody on the team has some skin in the game, basically. Yep. So they're bonused all together over the six metrics. So it doesn't matter whether you're an optician or you're at the front desk. It doesn't matter if that metric you know, falls in your lap or your coworkers, they're bonused together as a team. Oh, interesting. And the reason why we did that is we figured everybody's in on this together. The opticians can't sell a pair of glasses if the front desk doesn't schedule an appointment. Very true. And we hope that that team effort goes to help raising mm-hmm. all those metrics together. Yeah. But I think our site leads are very goal-driven. 
So they are kind of the ones that are looking at the numbers and then okay. motivating the rest of the team. And it helps to have a goal-driven person that's in charge of that role. Now, when your whole team included with the incentivizing structure that you have in place, do you feel like doing that has created a greater sense of team cohesiveness? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I pride myself on our culture that we have. We have a really good, strong team. The reason why I got into private practice on my own was I wanted to have a work environment where I walked in and I enjoyed being there and I enjoyed being around the people every single day. I mean, we spend the majority of our working life at work. And so if I'm coming in miserable, uh, everybody's miserable. <laughs> so I've really just organically grown the culture that we have. So as far as the metrics adding to the cohesion, I'm sure it has, but we just have such a strong team anyways that it just added to it. That's great. So let's talk about your associates. How many do you have across your three locations? We have two associates. Um, so there's four doctors total. And was it a similar process in getting your associates on board with benchmarking and reaching for certain goals? Because I'm assuming they were also asked to reach certain metric goals. Yeah, similar in the fact that they're incentivized. They don't get the same bonus as the staff, but we did switch over to more of a production-based compensation for all the doctors. So if those key metrics, along with all the other climate metrics are being met, then obviously their production goes up and they get a bigger bonus. We, as the docs, we look at a couple of additional numbers. So we share those six key metrics with the staff. And then on top of that, for the doctors, we look at professional fees per exam and professional fees per hour. And we look at those very closely as well, because we were struggling with meeting those climbing averages at first. Our initial professional fees per exam was under $200. That piqued my curiosity. So I dove into that and I realized that we were really underutilizing our special testing. You know, we were taking pictures, we were taking OCTs, but we weren't always billing for them. So we looked at that metric, you know, again, the numbers talk to you. And I said, okay, we're going to start keeping track of this. We're going to start keeping track of how many tests we do per exam. And we saw those numbers rise. So clearly using those particular metrics has been really useful for you. Yeah, yeah, it's been very, very useful. And the associates have been pretty much on board with that because they see as those metrics are being met, you know, they're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And who doesn't love that? Yeah. You know, I'm curious, has data influenced planning conversations between the two of you, Dr. Kelly? The docs meet monthly to go over all the key metrics. But then him and I will usually meet prior to that complete doc meeting and just look to see if there's any outliers or any things in particular that we want to key on for one location or the other. And I would say we kind of do that informally mm -hmm. when we have time. We practice out of the same location. So it's easier for us to kind of have a quick lunch meeting or something like that. Since we're a three location practice, we don't see the other two docs as often or so we have to set aside time to kind of have that more in a formal meeting. He's usually the number generator for the most part. He's usually the one that'll sit down and say, oh, yeah, let's look at this one. But I don't think that's necessarily changed. It's helped our planning, I guess, big picture wise, though. It helps us with like looking at expanding or contracting. We looked at like our exams per OD hour. and We realized that we weren't as efficient as we could have been. And so we went down to four days a week in all of our locations. Mm -hmm. That just really helped increase the efficiency, saved on payroll. You know, that was a big decision that we had to make because we, you know, are of the mind of we need to be available to our patients 24 seven, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we really weren't being as efficient as we could. So we looked at that. 
It also helped us decide to actually close down one of our satellites. We had a very part-time satellite in a small river town community that was more of a time suck and a money suck than it was a revenue generator for us. And looking at those numbers, it's helped us to make that hard decision to actually close down one of our locations. It really does make a difference. And it seems like using benchmarks actually helps you to shorten the decision-making process. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah it, it takes uh, it takes a lot of the emotion out of it yeah. because, you know, when we closed down that one small satellite location, it was kind of a pet project for us. Yeah. More yeah. of a community service than an income generator. At the end of the day, if there's really no profit there, it didn't make a lot of sense, but we had to look at the numbers to see that rather than just, you know, feel the emotional connection to the location. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely helped make those decisions a lot easier and quicker. Were there any specific challenges that the two of you experienced along the way when implementing your benchmarking system? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge was getting what was in my brain out into the world (laughs) (laughs) and getting the staff and my partner here to understand those numbers as much as I was thinking I was understanding them. It just took time to explain and either reapproach or maybe even throw this metric in the trash and look at a different one that was maybe a little bit more beneficial for the practice and beneficial for the staff to look at. So it was just time and understanding. Right. And practice, maybe. And practice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Practice. Yeah. Dr. Woodland, now that you and Dr. Kelly are both knowledgeable about leveraging benchmarking in your practice, it must be really nice to share that responsibility since it's not all up to you to be in charge of that. And of course, in addition, your whole team has at least some understanding of collecting the metrics that you're measuring. For sure. Yeah, I'm not going to speak for Dr. Kelly, but it's nice to have somebody to bounce those ideas off before I present them to the staff. I'm a dive in head first, ask question later kind of guy. And Dr. Kelly is very good at playing devil's advocate and finding holes in the game, so to speak. (laughs) I'm the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so we play really well off each other where I'm pulling her and she's pulling me and we have a really good dynamic where I'm pushing her towards making a decision where she helps me make sure it's the right decision. We're good at playing pros and cons as we work through things to kind of come to mutual decisions on, you know, how to proceed. I'm not a natural numbers person. He gravitates towards it and I don't, which is okay, but I appreciate the power of those numbers. And so he, you know, has helped me to kind of try to get a handle on those. I won't say that I'm an expert at any of that, um, but, you know, it's nice to have that data there in front of us because it's powerful and helps us to make decisions together or how to counsel our associates or our staff on making changes based on what the data is telling us. So you know, I'm fortunate that that is kind of his natural talent. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I think, yeah, I think it's a good dynamic between the two of us. It's not my strength, but it's his. And then I, I think I just have strengths in other areas. So, yeah. It sounds like the both of you complement each other really well in terms of your skill set, what you both gravitate to, and your approach to the practice and problem solving. For sure. And now my final question to wrap things up, and I always ask, if you could both go back in time to the beginning of your practice journey, is there anything that you wish you could have done differently as it relates to benchmarking or staff communication surrounding metrics? Um. I guess for me, I just do it sooner, do it as soon as possible and be open and honest 
with your staff about your metrics and your numbers. If you are real secretive and you know not letting them know where the office stands, where they stand, where the business is going, how are they going to be inspired to do better? For me, it's a real powerful tool to use and be open about it with them to just help them see what the bigger picture is. And how about you, Dr. Kelly? I think it's just... Yeah, just learning to look at those numbers in a weekly meeting with your associates. And, you know, sometimes the accountability of those numbers is difficult to swallow. In weekly meetings with your colleagues, you know, you'll see one office looking like superstars and maybe the other office had a month where they really struggled. But we break it down into, you know, what happened this month? Were we out sick? Were we understaffed? I know, and sometimes, you know, those are challenging to dive into because you feel like, shoot, I didn't get where I thought I was going to go. You know, that's a learning curve. And I think you get better at accepting some months where you didn't do well and you get better at figuring out, okay, what am I going to do differently to change that the next month? Looking back, that part, that learning curve is, that's a little challenging. I bet. And as practice owners, have you both had to have difficult conversations with staff or associates about not hitting benchmarks? Yeah. With our associates, I mean, there's been times where we've run into a season where our exams for OD hour were really down, well below average. And we say, what's going on here? Well, they have this doctor appointment or that doctor appointment, or there was a slow season where our recall wasn't going out very well. And we had to have a meeting with the staff, making sure that they're making the phone calls, they're getting the postcards out. And sometimes those are a little bit uncomfortable because the staff feels like we're attacking them when we're really not. We're just saying, hey, we need you to do this in order to Mm -hmm. to stay busy. And I'm sure those conversations can be tough, but at least by tracking benchmarks, it gives you the information that you need to find out where the issues lie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it allows us to point to a number to say, see, you know, this is proof where things are working or not working. So we, it's not a personal attack. It's just we're talking the numbers here. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Woodland and Dr. Kelly, for openly sharing your journey and insight surrounding benchmarks within your optometry practice with all of us today. And we wish you both great success as you move forward in your practice journey. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was fun. To summarize what we discussed in today's podcast, tracking key metrics in an eye care practice has many benefits. The most significant one is that you get the opportunity to discover what is going well in the practice, along with what areas need improvement. Another advantage lies in implementing a benchmarking system across the team. Open communication and benchmarking accountability encourage higher staff performance and give team members a sense of ownership of what goes on in the practice. And keep in mind that educating staff and associates while providing incentives for them to reach certain numbers can foster a more cohesive and positive workplace culture. We hope that today's episode was helpful to you, and we have a treasure trove of resources for our optometric practice partners at ClimbingConnect.com. But if you're not a member and you would like to know more about us and access all kinds of valuable information that can help you grow your independent practice, visit us at Kleinman.com. I look forward to connecting with you again next month for our next Climb and Connect podcast episode, always on the first Wednesday of each month. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Catch you next time.